0: All right, you guys, you know how much I love Vetsy CBD products for my dogs. Great news. They make CBD products for humans. I got the orange flavored uh, dropper and I put it in my lady gray lattes and it is so freaking delightful. So you can get CBD for your dog. You can get CBD for you. Check out Vetsy and you can use code disorderly dogs for 10% off your purchase. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs. So y'all, I think that the conversation has been spotlighting how black lives fucking matter, and they really do. And I think that it's it's something that I think we all get complacent about, myself included, and I really wanted to hear from um, people of color, right? Because obviously I don't understand because I'm fucking white. So um, uh, you guys already know the, the ladies from Smart Bitches because they've been on the podcast because they're amazing, but- um, I want. This is all them. First and foremost, these ladies are badasses. They are thorough. They are organized, and they are with it. So I can take absolutely no credit for this at all, right? This is all them. So, um, ladies, for the people who don't know you, will you please introduce yourself? And and you know, let's get let's get into it. I want to hear from you guys.
1: All right, guys. Uh, Geo here, half of smart bitch. Um, credentials, CPDCKA, Fear Free certified, all of those things. Um,
2: you know, that's you know, just one of the work wives of Smart Bitch Taylor. Take it away. Hi, guys, I'm Taylor Barcone. I'm also CPKA. gotta say that three times, mm-hmm. so you it right. I'm also a fear free animals trainer and the other bitch of Smart Bitch. So nice to meet you guys. <laughs> yeah. nice to be here again. Yes. Very
1: excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for you know, reaching out to us and letting us uh, chat, well, talk, brain you melt, know? You <laughs> we'll try to, we'll try to make, to keep it educational, not so bitch festy. I hope, I hope people have, um, uh, a takeaway from this. That's really our goal. i have a takeaway.
0: Yeah, I love it. Okay. So we're going to talk about red flags in the dog training industry, but we're going to hear about it from your perspectives. So, um, I so dog training is unregulated, yes, but I think that so many other aspects of the dog world are also unregulated. Yes. Right. So, so tell us more about your experience with that.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we want to open up this conversation because uh, we figured that this was actually, you know, we can provide a unique perspective based off of, you know, being people of color. But I think in general, like you know, like you just said, the animal industry, dog industry, is kind of fucked up. Um, I think a lot of people think that they're going to get into this thinking it's puppies and rainbows and and sunshine, but more often than not, Taylor and I find ourselves having similar conversations with people, whether they are of color or not, of just like really screwed up shit that they had to deal with in order to get where they wanted to go. So we want to provide a little bit insight on like what people might be dealing with if you want to get into this industry and then providing an insight that looks like it from our lens which was, you know, um, there are challenges, and then there are people of color's challenges, mm-hmm. which, which seem a little bit more, even more unfair. So, uh, you know, the biggest thing is our understanding that the animal industry has a serious problem with just not conducting itself fairly or professionally. And, like, um, it's literally every facet. It doesn't matter if it's grooming, if it's a daycare, if it's training. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard nightmares, every- shelters, you know, you would think, Um, every shelter has the best interest of all the animals, but then there's some like really shady dealings. Um, so it's really hard to come in this as a very innocent person because in order to get your foot in the door, you know, any, anywhere really in the animal industry, unless you're trying to, um, become a a veterinarian, um, it's not regulated. And so people specifically are looking for experience, whether it is experience to start or it is experience experience to um to begin training you know if you're, if you're trying to start your own training business no one's going to hire you if you don't know what the fuck you're doing if you've never been around dogs so you know there's a lot of shady stuff that comes with that so um we find that this uh these most of these particular issues that we're going to talk about we have a, a list that will go down um they usually stem from a classism issue for the most part the animal industry is white dominated Um, you know, because I mean, this is where the money is at for the most part. And, um, you know, I mean, for the most part, the people with money are white. So they're the ones that are owning these places where you could potentially get, um, experience. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we just wanted to hit on, you know, people of color, all of the, again, all of these crazy things that you have to do with. We had to deal with them that much more ridiculous. Like, like some of the things that we were requested, that were requested of us, whether that was to do something or to sweep it under the rug, which definitely shouldn't uh, have been something that was asked, um, you know, or else. So uh, basically just providing an insight. You know, this is really for people, whether you are an existing dog professional listening to this podcast, or if you are an aspiring professional, and if you are a person of color, we're going to just tell you a lot of things that I hope will illuminate um everything. I really hope that if if you are an animal professional and potentially you own something, maybe you will see where you may be fucked up once and you might not do it again, or maybe you will you will fix like oops. I think maybe I did this and didn't realize it. Or if you are a person of color or just an aspiring animal professional, that you understand what the fuck you're getting into because we did not understand what the fuck we were getting into (laughs) and we wanted it, you know, we really wanted to become professional dog trainers. Um, but we shouldn't have lost weight over it. And that's really the honest truth. That's, that's really what happened. So, um, I think I'll, I'll hit the
2: first point or you want to hit the first point? I hit the first point cause um, I'm thinking from when I first started. So the first thing I want you guys to realize is that like Gio said, the dog industry, Dog related industry, any industry and grooming, training, daycare as matter is pretty white dominated. So, when you have a white dominated field, the first barrier to getting into that field is the fact that it is white dominated. If there's a huge number of people, of white people that controls that industry, then there may be some of them, may be racist, who may not hire you just because you are not white. So, that's the first barrier you may run into. And honestly, I don't have an answer for you in terms of how to navigate that. What I did, what Giga did as well, we went around, we talked to people, people who were nice to us and respected us, we pursued it. But if they weren't respectful, if they seemed real standoffish, and as trainers, we actually have spoken to people that did seem standoffish to us. You know what? You're not really giving me good vibes. You don't seem to really engage with me. I don't know why. Are you having a bad day? If you are, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean you see other people weirdly. Trust your instinct and don't pursue it if you don't feel welcome don't do it. I would say the second barrier would be, let's say after you are hired, would be that most times these these places is still white dominated. So maybe you are working with a uh, primarily white staff. The people that usually run these places, again, daycare, grooming, training, facility, um, shelters, are usually white. And you have to also deal with maybe a lack of diversity at your job, which is always something that's really weird. So this is really good. This is for any field, honestly. This is what we have to deal with as, um, as people of color, but realize that when you go into the animal industry, it's really not that different. Anything is less diverse than a lot of other fields. So keep that in mind and really watch who you're working with and keep in mind that maybe because of people in power are white, you may not get some of the promotions that may be promised, okay? yeah isn't isn't that the truth that mm-hmm. happened to me
1: directly a little personal experience stemming from there um where we used to work um uh there was i'm, I'm gonna call her the white lady ringleader that's literally what my outline here says <laughs> we have our notes okay on. so it was
0: a daycare right just for those listening yeah, yeah, so, yeah so,
1: okay. so just so everyone's aware we're gonna make this very um elusive so you can't pinpoint it because we're not trying to single anyone out even though fuck them um <laughs> but but this uh this
2: Custom, them. custom,
1: them. custom. Them. <laughs> um, well, it was just—it was very interesting. I, you know, I this is how I met Taylor was through the daycare, and um, it was just bizarre. You know, it, it really was. There's a lack of HR in almost every animal industry. It doesn't what matter is where HR? you are. That what is HR? Right? Like, do you have feelings? Suck it up, Buttercup. It's basically dog military. You're like, what is this? You know, what what are your feelings? What is mental health? Um, and it, it was very strange because it was kind of this this ringleader type deal, and ringleader is really um. you know giving it light putting it lightly um because there wasn't diversity in positions of power you know there was no representation there in terms of fairness so there was a lot of really sketchy stuff that happened and and you as you know or me a person of color i couldn't be like hey like so that kind of looks racist like how do you tell your boss that she it kind of seems a little fucking racist Mm -hmm. um no you don't so you just kind of fall in line because well, that's what people of color do you just be quiet because we're trying to get somewhere there's a goal so really just that's I think that's really the first thing is identifying yes there's a lack of diversity the people who are in power are white and a lot of times um, they will put the pressure on you just because of they have money or that's the color of their skin whatever that may be um, and also just because sometimes it's not always the case sometimes they're nice uh, but nice is not synonymous with not racist.
2: Mm-hmm. So uh, ding, ding,
1: ding. we had <laughs> we, we had two we had double experiences in this place where we had a really really bad
2: uh, obviously very bad. obviously mm-hmm.
1: terrible, and then we had another one which was in in a lot of ways was almost worse because it was more of a betrayal. It felt like um, we had almost. Uh, had it, a trust that was built there and then it just fucking crumbled because we were seeing the same thing like it literally was just the same thing it just one of them had a facade of friendliness and niceness and well we pay you more than the last one mm-hmm. so it, you know it really was just very uncool so that's kind of the personal
2: experience there
1: um yeah we'll keep we'll keep hitting the bullet points
2: let's keep this uh keep the, the line so going. another thing so Again, these are red flags. So continue on with the red flags. I would say another red flag would be if the business does not have proper safety protocols for the employees, run. Mm-hmm. Um, I say this because a lot of times in, the, in our dog industry, people get bit a lot. And it's not talked about. It's put on the rug. And I really want you guys to have self-preservation. I love dogs. You and I both love dogs. Being bitten by a dog really sucks. And it may... Affect how you treat dogs in the future. It may affect how you work around dogs in the future. So ask your potential employer, hey, um, what happens if I get bit? Do you have have many employees been bitten before? Is there any safety protocols in place? Do you have first aid kit? Anybody knows? Um, anybody um, certified CPR or anything for humans? How do you protect me? And if they tell you, oh, you know, sometimes people get bit, but you know, we have some real troopers here. Run. Uh, <laughs> No, no, that's that's honest, no, that's an honest no, that's an honest answer. answer. Yeah. But uh, this is not it's not normal to have dog bites all the time. It's not normal to experience or break up dog fights all the time. Um, I don't want you to experience that. So run. The next thing I would add, I tell you guys as a red flag is if there's no proper place for new employees. Um, Gio and I can go in about how we took the brunt of training new employees when we didn't have to. But if there is no obvious training program in the place you are, the shelter, the doggy daycare, the grooming facility, then how can you say that it is a truly safe place to be for you? If, because uh, not, not if we know this. A lot of people complain about um, doggy daycares in particular because they feel as if the staff, they don't really know much about education or not education, they don't know much about dog behavior dog behavior, how dogs interact, how they interact with a dog, and you have to understand that if people aren't trained or shown at least some things about how dogs behave, then you can expect them to behave the correct way, and you can expect more fights, more bites, so if there is no obvious training program, run, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and going down this list, we may eliminate most of your potential jobs, and that sounds harsh, but just keep that in mind, and we're going to get, when we get to the end, we're going to talk about how you can navigate, you know? Yeah. Some situations. Basically, yeah. Basically, we should have mm-hmm. prefaced this. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. gonna
1: sound very like. Um, like a nightmare. It's gonna. Fu- <laughs> it's gonna sound very stick it to the man. Yes. Um. But. Uh, That's but, how he feels. Yeah, Stick it to the man. <laughs> <laughs> um. But Oops, um, so. man in particular. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> any any woman, in, woman in particular, but um, but we are gonna provide you guys with some suggestions. Yeah. You know, in terms of um navigating this and kind of safeguarding yourself because. As much as we would like to say that uh, the change is going to happen, uh, she and I are cynics, very much healthy, healthy cynics, and we've Especially seen me, I'm sorry. <laughs> we've seen this stuff time and time again. So we're not holding our breath. Um, so we're really hope we're really hoping that we see the change, but at the same time, it's it, it, ha- it happens all the time, you yeah. know. So here's how you will navigate. There will be suggestions towards the end. Um, our next uh, bullet point, I think this was one of the ones that was really uh, alarming to me, probably the one that really pissed me the, the most off, was um, the employers, whoever they were, those elusive employers, <laughs> um, weaponizing your compassion for animals as a smokescreen to manipulate you into working incredibly low wages. Um, or, for for, or for free. So there was this constant level and there is this constant level of manipulation that happens uh within the animal industry whether you're working in a shelter, a daycare, grooming, dog training, it doesn't matter. People know that when you get into the animal industry it's because you love animals. And like literally all of us as animal professionals when somebody asks us, "Hey, why do you train dogs?" our very first answer is, "We love dogs or we love animals." Like, duh. But then so employers I find that they will there, there are some that will weaponize this. They, they will manipulate it and twist words or twist situations in which they will make it seem like um, you're just doing this incredible thing. Like, wow, like you're you're, like you're a fucking savior. And here is the truth, guys. Here's, a, here's something that people won't tell you when you get into this industry. The animal industry, the pet industry has a lot of fucking money, a lot. There is plenty, like I'm telling you, there are people out here who are paying more money for their dogs and caring more for their animals than their children <laughs> Yes, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so it is and, and and coming from our experience in a facility i worked at a pet store and i also worked at a doggy daycare that churned out millions i know this for a fact it turned out millions in within a month and so it was very alarming it you know pissed me the fuck off that knowing that this type of stuff was happening and then the weapon is, it, well, what would end up happening as well is that, you know, some of these employers will also, um, some people will fall victim to this. And I do find that this more so happens in, with people of color. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go circle back to white lady ringleader, uh, giving special favors to some of the younger people of color, special, special favors, you know, mm-hmm. they're getting special attention because they're so fucking special. Um, there's no extra wages that is added to this. And I know this for a fact, it was just like, oh, we're playing favorites. Um, and they would see this and, and, and it would just kind of become this like, uh, I don't know, Stockholm syndrome. Honestly, I don't even know what to call, what else. And it was very alarming because it was like, they were really young. They hadn't really experienced life. They hadn't been to their first job. It was probably their first job. Mm-hmm. And it was just the most alarming thing because inevitably when you see something that's not right. And if you end up becoming the whistleblower, like, like she and I have before, <laughs> um, everybody will turn on you. You know, you're going to become a pariah, even though you know, you're right. So just understand that even when you are seeing inequality, discrimination, whatever, um, chances are there are going to be people amongst you who are on the same level as you and you know as an employee, but you'll be the bad guy. Even when you're not the fucking bad guy. So that's it's a really it's a screwed up world guys. <laughs> so yeah, next yeah. next
2: point. Next point I want to talk about is that wages, as you guys already know, wages are wages are incredibly low in this industry. Um, when I first got into it, and again, doggy daycare, even I was taking it back. I was like, oh, wow, that's why you get paid for all the stuff that you do, okay? And I took it because I really wanted more experience, more time around dogs. So I was like, you know what? Give me any wage for right now. But the problem with this is that, guys, no matter where you're working, when you're working with dogs, you are probably putting in a lot of time, a lot of sweat work, a lot of labor, physical work, to make sure everything gets done. And to be honest with you, you probably, not probably, you do deserve a way higher wage than nine and ten dollars an hour. Yeah. Uh, is. this is New Orleans. New Orleans minimum wage is really low is seven 725. Eight, seven twenty five seven twenty five. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the the average wage, good wage is like nine, ten dollars an hour for basic jobs. And for the jobs that you're doing, if you are working the dog care working for, as a groomer, everybody has different jobs and different pay levels, but typically starting point is around nine ten with no benefits. And Usually people are younger in these jobs because no one older our age at this point can't afford to live or get paid that much. So keep that in mind, but also at the same time, know your worth. Um, Gio and I, me in particular, I moved up into a position where I was kind of a manager in this job and I only got maybe a dollar increase of wage. <laughs> and the way, that, the way that I was running the industry, running that job is that I'm literally, the first thing in the morning, make sure all dogs are fed they're in medicine. They are on the playoffs, managing other employees. If you are managing people especially, you should definitely be getting paid enough to where you're comfortable and you're going home and you can actually afford the, the way that you want to live. So it's really hard for seeing change in this, to be honest, because the animal industry isn't really taking that seriously. And there's really no oversight. The people who own these places can definitely pay more. But they choose not to, and no one is going. No one is behind them. Hey, you know what? You should pay your employees more. So keep that in mind. Um, yes. And if you are volunteering, that's different. I haven't volunteered in a, in a minute, you know. But if you are volunteering, I really want you to not overdo it. Um, I am very skeptical about working without pay, no matter how I'm working, because I just know that I put so much work into what I do now, and before then too. Back then, I put a lot of work into what I was doing. So. Keep that in mind, if you're volunteering, try your best to not overdo it. Make sure you can actually go home and rest. Make sure you're not putting too much time in. And also, again, keep in mind that wages are low. The second thing I wanna go into, you can talk about this, because I think this yeah. actually happened to you. Yes, mm-hmm. um, so very, very alarming, talking about uh, the business side mm-hmm. of
1: things, w- wages in particular, um, is you have the right to have access to your wage information. Um, so I don't know if this is a common thing with many um, practices, but I can tell you specifically, um, I had asked time and time and time again for the particular employer to give me access to pay stubs and you know stuff like this, and I had only ever seen it when the W-2 came mailed <laughs> to do, and so I I didn't actually know how much I was getting paid. I was that I never got my raise, so um, it, it's just know that. Um, that you are entitled to that information and if you find that you are having to literally bend finger fingers backwards to try and just get like basic fucking rights because like you have a right to that information you're working a a job and and they can't even do that much um i would definitely say look start looking around for different options Mm -hmm. um and and we understand that um the animal industry, wherever you may be, maybe you're in a small, small town, maybe you're in a large city. Uh, there's really not that many choices typically. And it is a very small world. doesn't matter if you're in a big city or a little city. Um, everybody knows everybody. So the moment that if you do have the opportunity to move on or try and find a better situation, I definitely think like, if that's one of the red flags, like get go Mm -hmm. find somewhere else. Because what, what are you going to do if, you know, they get audited or, and then you're roped into that. You don't have ways to, you know, to prove, protect yourself. So very, very important. That was something that specifically happened to me. It was the most ridiculous thing in the world.
2: Next thing, um, I want you guys to really be aware of the business you're going to and really watch if they have a high turnover rate. Meaning if there are people in, out that door, employees, something is probably up Um, for our uh, job. There were so many people that would work and then either get fired or leave within the month, people rarely stayed. And that's not normal, no matter what um, your boss is saying. A lot of times, a lot of people who own these um, kind of businesses, they will say, oh, the animal industry has a high turnover rate in general. And we always say, if something has a high turnover rate, it's kind of like, I see it as, let's say you are a teacher and you have a class and your entire class fails a test and they're always failing a test. Then maybe you, the teacher, should reflect, huh, why are my students failing? Same thing with this. If if your employees are always quitting, <laughs> they don't want to stay. What is happening in that work environment? And if you don't care to figure it out, I, I'm going to tell you this. No, you need to figure it out. Okay. We, your, your employees should not be the one AKA us should not be the one concerned about, Oh, are you having a good time on the job? Is everything okay? Like, what can you do? Like, what to me? What can I do? I'm an employee. I'm not getting paid as much as the owners are. So, keep that in mind. If there's a high turnover rate. That's another red flag. It should not have to be that way. We, um, your boss should care about if employees are staying or not. Yeah, and I always thought that ex- This is an excuse. It's first an excuse. of all,
1: yeah. it's, it's the it's such a popular excuse in either shelters or daycares of the high turnover rate. And I always thought this was hilarious and a hilarious excuse because. Who the fuck actually wants to leave the animals? Mm-hmm. Who wants to leave a job where you're surrounded
2: by positivity with the animals specifically? Well, you know it was an easy fix. Too. I think the thing that bothered us the most, that it was a to us, it was a very not easy. It was a simple fix that would have taken time. Okay, train employees better. Maybe don't treat them like like us, <laughs> like, like us, like us. <laughs> <laughs> like us. <laughs> and X Y and Z is very simple. Maybe be open to you no know, different suggestions. Yeah. No, you are not the smartest person. You're actually I am. So anyway, that's different.
1: Yeah. So bouncing <laughs> off of that point, um, an, another point uh, that I want to hit on is uh, you know bouncing off the high turnover rate is beware of the blame game, uh, specifically with people in in power. Um, it, again, it's it's their responsibility. If if they own the joint, if they're paid to manage the joint um or let's say let's say this is a mentorship type thing because we're talking from the perspective of we worked in a facility but let's say that you have a mentor or mentors maybe you're um, trying to become a groomer and you just keep hearing the blame game like it's the dog's fault oh yeah this dog can't handle nail trims. like oh yeah i'm sure it's the fucking dog's fault <laughs> like definitely is. um so so definitely be mindful you know if, if they're pointing fingers if they never assume responsibility. And then, um, the, uh, the, this just, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Like these people, like they pay enough, they, they are paid enough to care. And if they don't, and they're always twisting words or, or you find that people who are responsible get fired for mysterious reasons. I'm sorry yes. I no, no, yeah. so um, you know, you're like, well, I, you are witnessing this person coming to work every day and doing their job. And then all of a sudden they're just fired for mysterious reasons, which if this were an industry with an HR, with um, you know ways to file formal complaints, being fired for a formal complaint, if there was a way to do this, that employer, like that, would be illegal, right? But because there is no regulation essentially within this
2: industry, you can't complain if you're if you're against the man, they'll fire you. And you know, what's crazy. They uh, they, can't you. Yeah. they sometimes for, the, for these jobs they have to have certain information available for all employees to see. so that'd be like calling a certain number hey if you have any any problems at work call i'm like who is doing that no one is actually going to do that if, you, if you're not hearing my face saying hey here's my shoulder taylor let me talk to you are you okay so it seem like you've been really stressed out yes i have let's talk about it it's never happened that's actually it's actually <laughs> hilarious because you know like i think it is an
1: osha standard um you know they're like they have like posters and everywhere yeah. and it's an OSHA, and like. I remember on that poster, it had one of the owners of that facility, his number on there, which was kind of like rubbed off a little bit. But, well, when we had to cause our little mutiny that we caused because it was like really bad, um, I remember him contacting us directly. And one of his first questions was, why didn't you contact me? Um, And we were like, well, for one, you're not around. So was I just supposed to... Uh, you know, reach out. Like, why don't you? Why don't you know what's going on in this facility? So that's part of it. Just knowing that um, if you have owners who just own and they're not involved, they don't want to hear your shit.
2: They, yeah. What's on the next point? Yeah, but no, um, you 100 percent right. And honestly, guys, if there is shady cuss going on in the facility, then you can bet your bottom down that everyone who owns that facility or is involved you know about it. So if you go to them what's going to change what's going what's going to happen is going to tell somebody else
1: oh taylor told me this yeah you're a snitch now congratulations and, and then oh
2: taylor i heard you said just so you know it's happening to us. Yeah. just so you know i heard that you said this and i just feel like you're being a dramatic cuss let me say this but this is basically all the words into one phrase and you basically have no one on your back, no one behind you. There's no HR, like she said. So that sounds really bleak. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> really okay, yes, we know We know this so
3: sounds super bleak.
2: There is a light, light at light. the end of the talk. Okay, I think All we right. can talk about- Really
0: quickly, I just want to say that like, yes, it seems bleak, but also like, this is your real experience,
3: yeah.
0: right? Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah. I think that I commend you for sharing all of this with us because I hope that the white people listening to this who do mm-hmm. own doggy daycares, who do mm-hmm. own facilities, take this to fucking heart mm-hmm. and make yeah. the industry better, more diverse, and treat people and employees with
2: the respect they fucking deserve. This is kind of off topic, but what you just said there, you know, um, if it's not diverse. The crazy thing about the Orleans is that we are... This is a very diverse city. When I went to this job, it was a very mixed first staff, and I was one of the first. I was one of the first staff, and I said, "Oh wow, there's so many other black people, there's some Asian people here, and there's some white people. Okay, it seems pretty diverse, and that's a good thing. But you'll find that maybe sometimes the people that are of color may not get promoted. I was promoted, which is which was great to me at the time, but it may not always happen. So even if you hire a bunch of people, a bunch of up-color people in, but you don't stand behind them, even if they are very well qualified, or you don't give them the same chance to make you a white employee, it's kind of like you are perpetuating this whole, like, this the same kind of racist ideal that we have in America right now, and and I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. It it is the freaking truth. You have to get everyone a chance, and becoming a trainer, someone took a chance on us, Mm And it wasn't always the best chance, you know. It it was. It was very. That was also a very, very bitter. Very, very bitter. Oh my God! When we came to this, it was not easy. But um, you have to kind of take a chance on people. You have to give people a chance and to grow. You know, a lot of these times, a lot of times people are young. I was young. I was twenty three, twenty four. You know, which is that is young. You know. But anyway, that's the whole point. I think you were saying yeah. that. <laughs> so, kind of a, to jump off this the
1: young thing, yes. I, I think I want to make an announcement yes. to anybody who is um, employing people, the youth, okay? Whether it's gen, uh, um, the millennials or Gen Z. Yes. Um, millennials and Gen Z are tired of the bullshit. Tired. And you're talking about an age of people who have who've been with technology and we see all the crap all the time. So, don't be surprised if you're trying to pull a fast one and they call you on your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and be mindful of that. Just because they are young does not mean what they're saying is stupid or irrelevant. Um, so, so just listen, if you find that you're getting called out by someone who looks like they are 12 years old, just pause and self-reflect, you know?
2: Um, yeah, those, okay. are, those are together. So we're gonna keep going down this, this bullet point list. Uh, another thing you should watch is if your coworkers have complaints about management, and it's often like, okay, she did this, she did this, she did this. There is some truth in there, okay? Yeah. Um, Listen to it, listen to the conversation around you. If you're hearing some really bizarre cuss, and you're like, huh, this is, uh, okay, this doesn't seem to happen to me, but just because something doesn't happen to you doesn't mean it's never going to happen to you. I told Gio, I, actually, I said this in, a, in another um, discussion, oh, you know, I think I was treated pretty well. And then Gio was like, Taylor, no, you weren't. I was like, you uh, know what? God, this is, this is the, that's that Stockholm It's a syndrome. Stockholm, it's right there. Oh my gosh. But just because something doesn't obviously happen to you, it doesn't mean it's not happening to you. Maybe you're just not that aware. Maybe you're so stressed out. You didn't realize that your boss is giving you less hours or more hours, more than you need. Uh, maybe and not uh, and not
3: paying you overtime. And
2: not paying you overtime. Oh my God. So that's <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we need, we need drinks for this. There's
1: other, yeah, no kidding. We're gonna be <laughs> drinks after this. Uh, a few other points, um, kind of hitting around like, you know, management, staffing. Um, mm-hmm. If you're noticing um, employment playing favorites, that's the huge, I think this is, this is really, really key in terms of the racial thing. So trying to tie in, um, you know, our perspective, cause it is our perspective, but I do think that a lot of people who aren't of color can take a lot with this. Yes. Um, but playing favorites, you know, if, if you're white, white owner and we noticed that playing favorites typically happens um with the white employees so you know (laughs) there's kind of two things that happens there for one we would hear a lot of inappropriate conversations coming from management you know judging people based off of their appearance speculation on why they weren't at work like oh i think so-and-so was smoking weed last night like first of all that's not in your fucking business what they do after hours and but the the biggest thing oh and then commenting on parenting lord jesus like why what does that have to do with anything and more often than not this speculation does circle back to specific people of color right well if you're listening and you're hearing it they're very rarely saying this about their white counterparts but then circling back to playing favoritism you know we would find that so-and-so's baby who just so happens to be a person of color is sick last minute and she has to call out and she never calls out she's always on time early you know she's at work early every single day takes a fucking bus doesn't even have a car and is always still on time but so-and-so who is in college who fucking knew about her exam um but just because she's white she's like oh well she's in school like what kind of brock turner shit is that you know that's a good point it is <laughs> you know, but
2: then oh God, this is this is not just for anyone for any job but uh, this is a good example is for me I am a, I'm a happy person I always smile but there are some days where I just don't smile but most days when I'm working I am literally just focused on work when you are a person of color you are not given the same chances to have a bad day Mm-mm. if I was having a bad day I did my best to not take it on anyone else I'm just quiet in my own thoughts what's wrong with you Someone said, you had an attitude today. I'm like, I don't have an attitude today. What, what, what do you mean? Meanwhile, if one of my coworkers who was white oh is obviously having a bad day, cussing people out, treating the dogs differently, um, slamming doors, do X, Y, and Z. Oh, are you okay? Do you need time to talk? Then the girl starts breaking down, crying. Oh, we're here for you. Meanwhile, if I did that, if Gio did that. Fired. Well, not fired, but also. Chastised. Oh, like. Mm, hey guys, you're not who I thought you were, Tyler. Oh. You're not who I thought you were, Gio <laughs> I thought you were X, Y, and Z. So, you have to give people the same amount of care. <laughs> it doesn't matter what color of skin they are. If you coddle your white employees more than you coddle other employees, or you give them more benefit of the doubt, you know, more chances to be human, then something is wrong. And there is a really nasty stigma against. Um, Black women that we are angry. I'm always angry. Oh, Taylor's angry today. I'm like, oh my God, I can't. I'm just quiet, Rachel. I literally will go to work just. I'm not, I'm just. I'm walking work. What's wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with me. Oh my God, I'm just. am just walking. It's it's six o'clock a.m. Just woke up. I can't just be quiet. No, something has to. Oh, Taylor's angry today. Watch out. So you have to kind of navigate that. You want to be yourself. But if you are truly yourself, you're a bitch. <laughs> uh, you're angry bitch. Angry black bitch. And then, that sounds crazy, but that's what it is. And then you. Oh, my God. Huh? Oh, yeah. full
1: the arms. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, that's a, that is a great one. So I want to I wanna, wanna kind of bounce off of that. People of color, I don't, I don't want to say that, uh, especially women. I think women of color, I think women in general go through more shit than men. Um here, here. Like, like, this is by default. Whether you're white, black, Puerto Rican, whatever. But... Women of color, I think we are very fucking strong. Um, and strength doesn't come with a smile. and You know, it, it doesn't mean that we don't like you or, you know, but, but it doesn't mean that I don't have fucking feelings. I'm a cancer for God's sake. Like I am, I am the weeping Zodiac. Uh, but it's really funny because I remember um, I couldn't even cross my arms. I, I, I shit you not. I would say nothing. Thing, nothing. I came from a very strict household. Like you just don't talk back. Great household. My parents are phenomenal, but you just don't talk back. So I am very self-trained to not talk back. So I would just cross my arms and say nothing. If I felt like something in front of me was not cool. And I literally, like, I literally couldn't even sit in a chair with my arms crossed. Like, what is this? Why are your arms crossed? You just, you just coming off very aggressive. I'm like, I'm I'm sitting in a fucking rolling chair with my (laughs) arms crossed. Like, you don't want me to come across there. I actually, um, towards the tail end of things, getting really, really, really ugly, Taylor was the one that had to talk the entire time because I literally was just like, I don't think I can even fucking breathe at this point Um, because it was that hostile. Like, it was literally,
2: I don't even know if there's a different word for it. It was just straight up hostile. And, you know, you said earlier about um, women of color being strong. It's we are strong in a way, but it's really, it's because we have to be like like, going going over everything I just said. We have to be better. We have to hide our emotions. We can't be humans. But at the same time, a lot of the times it wasn't me hiding my emotions, just me working. I'm a mature adult. I know how to, I know how to not, you know, tell the work and separate work from personal feelings. Sometimes I know how to do X, Y, and Z. So it's, you aren't given the same chances and you are judged more harshly and that may affect who you are so a lot of times oh god this is kind of go off tangent but a lot of times that a lot of times you have to code switch and code switch just means that i don't speak the way i speak to my employer the way i speak to my family i'm from new orleans people say people from new orleans have a certain accent it's very you know very lax english I'm kind of doing it right now in a way and you kind of feel this pressure to cope which so you don't so you're not deemed less than you know because if i start talking a certain way people may think oh maybe mm, she's not intelligent which mm. is so, so that's so offensive people think it you, you can see it on their face so if i don't do act a certain way then i'm gonna get the job and if i if i don't actually wait when, when i have the job if i'm too emotional if i'm have a strict face one day. I'm just a bitch or something like that. So it's it's really, it's hard to win sometimes. It really is. You guys can probably deduce at this
1: point why we named our business Smart Smart Bitch. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so guys, a few more bullet points and we'll try to get to the suggestion. Um, So whenever, in in terms of the the industry, the people who are in charge, uh, money equals ego (laughs) all day and they are never wrong. Um, I don't give a crispy fried fuck if you go in. (laughs) If you go in with a PhD, you could literally work for NASA, all right? And if you were seeing something that isn't right, you were wrong. And it, and it really, it, it's just something that there is a lot of pride swallowing that happens. And um, it sucks. I really wish, I really wish that I could tell you that going into many of these places that the animal's best interest is in mind. But you know what the best interest is? De Niro, money, all day. They actually don't give a shit. Um, And they will make every excuse possible to make sure that you sound like you're wrong. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Um, The next point I want to hit on, you know, bouncing off of that is um, you may also be asked to cover some shit up. And I am very ashamed to say that that has happened to us more than once on some very heavy stuff. And I will let you guys deduce on what is the possible heaviest thing about the dog industry that we could cover. And I will not bring it any more further than that. Um, yeah, I mean, what they can figure it out. Um, but just know that if you were to chime up, you're wrong. If you were to chime up, you're an accomplice, you're wrong. If you were to chime up, you might get slapped with a lawsuit. Um, how dare you break your NDA? How dare you uh, speak in the, um, the interest of the animals? You know, you evil, evil person. We're supposed to be a club. Uh, so just know just know that you know in in the in the industry a lot of sketchy things happen and you will be told to not not only not say anything but you may actively be a part of covering it up when you have no choice. Yeah because you, you want to keep your job. Because you want to keep your job and you have worked this far. You know you've worked this hard because you know you're just you're trying to get there. You're trying to, and sometimes that means breaking some moral codes and it really Really, really sucks. And to bounce off that even further, to be asked to cover something up when you are a person of color, like that really puts you in a fucking corner. Because well, we can't be a snitch. What? A Puerto Rican snitch? Unheard of. A black snitch? Unheard of. You can't do that. Um, you'll become, you know, a fuck again, a pariah. You can't do that stuff. But then on top of that, people of color have to listen to the rules that much more. Uh, we don't get that wiggle room. to Break the law. We can't prosecute. You law. can't even walk at night. You know. Leaving a Walmart without being suspicious. Don't wear your hood because, Lord Jesus, you're definitely robbing somebody. Um, so just think about that. Like, just know that if there's, like, again, going down the list, if you're starting to see the signs, get out if you haven't had to cover anything up because it's, it's coming. If, it, if it's not coming, you are working for heaven.
2: Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, also, another red flag, guys, just watch for other shady business dealings. If you, if you're noticing something trust your instincts first of all your instincts are your best friend they are really wrong but if you see some things maybe you see or hearing about confidential information by employees somehow being leaked which makes zero sense because the employee has information so how is this being leaked but you know just if you see things like that run uh if people are if there's a big wage discrepancy oh my goodness if somebody that is working the same job as you and they're bragging about getting paid. Oh, I can pay this much. You're like, what? you do the same thing. Run. Yeah. This is so much, again, there's no regulation. So pretty much these, um, business owners, they can do whatever they want. So just keep that in mind. And then finally the last red flag is are the animals safe? If the animals are not safe, then don't work there because what's going to happen is you're going to stretch yourself out trying to make it safe, depending on, you know, you love animals. You want to make it safe, but, There's nothing you can do if the business owner, the person who owns that facility or wherever you are, if they don't want to change it, if it hasn't been changed, it's probably not going to change And it sounds really depressing, but you are just a hire. They're not going to listen to you. That
1: goes for mentorship programs, too. I know a lot of organizations require people to work under professionals and then they're caught off guard because this person is not who they thought they were. And... I would just say that that goes for mentorship too. If you're you're working with someone who is like literally abusive, um, contact the organization and let them know like, yo, I need you to work with me, whether that is being mentored virtually, hello, 21st century, you know, let's Mm -hmm. figure it out. Let's figure out a solution that can get you in connection with someone who isn't an asshole mm-hmm. um, because there is definitely someone out there who's not an asshole yes. like 100% mm-hmm. um, so yeah so I, I think let's bounce into suggestions make Try it to, happy now Not <laughs> happy you know so suggestions for our future and aspiring professionals you know now that we have officially scared the flying shit out of you um, my first suggestion for you guys is to do your research if you're trying to become a trainer, a groomer, shelter coordinator, whatever, uh, spend time researching exactly what route and uh, and how you know what route you're going to take to get to your goal. Um, Taylor and I specifically, we are rewards-based trainers. We're R plus trainers. We don't use any punishment tactics. Um, whatever your choice is, obviously we'll say go R plus all day. But whatever your choice is, make sure that you are actively looking at the route. You know, you need to know. What are the steps that you need to take? Because if you do not, more often than not, that employer is going to hold you down. They're going to use you for as long as they can. So if you don't even know where you're going, um, then you're not going to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my second note is, after you know, do your research again, (laughs) because you don't know, all right? Mm -hmm. But actually this time, okay, so you have an idea of what you want, now it's time for you to do the research on the resources that are available to you. Mm-hmm. So whether this is um, volunteering at a shelter or, or working at a shelter or working for daycare or uh, mentorship, whatever, um, research it, look up reviews, ask people, don't be afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, really look for it and um, read the comments y'all because if it's, not, if it's not in the reviews but you see like a thread somewhere, Get in the comments because a lot of times you'll find more information in comments than you will in places that are obvious. Um, ask former employees if you know of them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go, if you're interested in a facility, but you go to another one, chances are three people in that facility have worked for the other, other one because again, it's a small world. Um, so really do your research there. Uh, my third point. <laughs> my, one. my third point. This is huge, and this goes for anyone. This actually doesn't just apply to animal industry, uh, but don't sign shit until you've read it um and make note if particular documentation provides you with any protections more often than not uh the things that you're going to be asked to sign are non-competes understand the non-competes that you are signing are typically two to four years within a hundred mile radius which the which, which fucks you. Which fucks you, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to be a groomer and do your own thing, well, congratulations, you are now their slave, their indentured servant for four years, and you can't do anything within the 100-mile radius, or they could sue you. Yep. Um, An NDA, um, really look into that, because if that place has a rep, and you signed an NDA, you can't say anything. We have signed an NDA, so technically we can't say anything. Um... But yeah, the I, I, uh, we, we oh
2: I, person, uh, I the personal experience for us. We've actually uh, been lucky enough to have worked for some really. Uh, I'm not going to. No they were stupid. We've worked for some very stupid
1: employees. I was gonna say it like that. They, they were okay, just yes.
2: stupid. Uh, and we did not have to sign anything. Uh, we didn't have to sign not to compete, Um and we kept it that way because not competes is. I think that's so ridiculous. I'm sorry. I think that's ridiculous. If you are working in the animal industry and you're telling me I can't work for another business with the animal experience and skills that I've gotten, are you fucking kidding me? I understand, you know, to make sure that some information doesn't get, you know, exchanged. Right. Exchange, but three to four years—that's a long time. You know, that's a long time. I'm just trying to get—I'm just trying to pay for my bills. That's it. Right. <laughs> so, like,
1: what are you supposed to do? Mobile? Right.
2: All right. Next one. Um, be crystal clear about your intentions when being hired. Um, if you want to be a dog trainer, if you say, "Hey, I'm here to work under the mint, under the trainer, to become one," then stick to those guns. Unfortunately, when I joined the facility, I said I want to be a trainer, but I was kind of pulled to running the off, uh, running the off uh, yards instead of being doing the train, doing training, and it set me back a few months. Don't do that. Go in there with your goal and stick to that goal, okay? Some employees will help you on that journey. Of course, they will give you – sometimes some employers will actually help you become a trainer. Um, you know, we have a friend who actually is uh, working for a certain place, and he's getting help. Me, I'm now a trainer, it's which is really – it's a dream. It's a dream. It's awesome. It's a dream. But it's oftentimes, they, a lot of employees will not help you. They are not paying for anything. They want you to work ridiculous hours. They don't care about your aspirations outside of a job. You care about your aspirations outside of the job, and if you feel as if you're not treating, you're not being treated fairly, run, leave, or get the information you need, the education you have to place, and then dip. I think this—millennials are very—we're uh, not shy about hopping around or leaving the job. Damn right, we're not shy about leaving the job because wages now suck. So we don't have to. There's no pensions. There's no you know extra money no Boy, benefits social security so you technically don't have to stay anywhere go ahead if you feel like you know what i'm not taking this goodbye stand that for yourself put yourself first see you talk about that
1: yeah mm-hmm. um yeah putting put yourself first this is really important you know remember why you're doing this in the first place because more often than not Um, whether you're having a great experience getting to where you're going, which honestly guys, I really hope that you do. Yeah. I am not saying any of this to. I don't want to scare you. I want to illuminate things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also don't want you to go through the bullshit that we went through. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's really the point of this is to try and change that so that everybody can have that puppy's rainbows and sunshine experience getting to where they want to go. But you are probably honest, me and Taylor were talking about this earlier um you're probably going to experience at least three of the things that we mentioned above at least three Mm -hmm. and so really remember to put yourself first because it will be stressful you will ask yourself why you're doing this is it worth it you really could just go back to serving tables this was in the back of my head all the time um so remember why you're doing it put yourself first because um your boss probably isn't going to and uh you really need to get comfortable with the idea, congratulations, you are about to be broke as fuck because you're probably going to take a pay cut for maybe three years, you know, I hope it's not that long. Um, But you need to make time for your own education. Sometimes that means putting your foot down and not taking those extra hours. Oh, but Gio, I need you for Thanksgiving. Bitch, I am going to eat my turkey and do my modules so I can become a professional dog trainer. So do your thing. Give yourself time. You're allowed to give yourself time. And like I said, they got money. They can hire somebody else. They just don't want to train them, which they don't do that in the first place.
2: I also have a backup plan, too, or better yet, have a backup job. Um, Gio and I, when Smart Bitch was created, uh, we were broke as shit. Um, (laughs) So we were serving tables at the same time, and we were still broke as shit because we really couldn't serve tables too much while training dogs. We were full, trying to be full-time trainers with also a full-time serving job. Right. So that sounds hard, but have backup plan just in case. We uh, at the end of the day, you need money. Money is important. Um, I don't want you saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm training dogs. but I'm not getting paid that much," and I don't want you to lose out on you know your home. Anything scary happens, so make sure you have backup plan. And like I said earlier, get everything you need from these jobs, animal jobs, education-wise. Get everything you need and yep. also protect yourself document everything this is mm-hmm. huge
1: um so when taylor and i were faced with very <laughs> sketchy situations um we were smart enough to use the technology that's afforded us so if that means that you need to hit record and hide your phone um then do it because i have a 40 minute video <laughs> on my device that is i don't need this anymore but i keep say. it i keep it 40 minutes of somebody cussing me the fuck out and um, if I needed to use it, I have it um, because no, one, no one's going to be there for you. So you need to be smart about your dealings. If you're noticing it, document it, save the emails, save the text messages, screenshot them, put them in a file on your computer if need be. Um, make sure that if you do that, that it is within legal parameters. You're probably going to need legal help if you do find that you need it. And we, um, we did that ourselves. We so. did. yeah,, well, we did have legal help at one point. Um, but just know, I mean it's 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 available to you and it is not illegal to report someone in the room with you if you are in the room with them. Yeah, so you guys know if you didn't know that. Uh, okay, so that's pretty heavy. next point. Um, create a portfolio, mm-hmm. everything that you are doing. Um, once you get started, this is actually something that we didn't do. And I think everyone who's early in their career makes this mistake. They get so caught up in doing it that they don't document it. So I'm telling you now, I don't care if it's the ugliest Instagram, I don't care if you are cutting some poodle's hair and you fucked it up, take a photo, (laughs) take a video, because in three years from now, these people want to see your progress. They want to see your growth and they don't want to read about it. You know, you could be a, a phenomenal blogger, but the majority of people get their information from Instagram, TikTok, they want it within one minute. And you will be able to do that if you take a photo, take a video, do your thing. You don't need fancy equipment. Your cell phone is fine even if it's 420p, you know, pixels, they can still get the idea. Mm-hmm. And they really, um, they're really happy that you're doing that. I think personally, I actually used to hate Instagram. Um, actually, was, I changed She mind. did, she, she made me do
2: it. It was so obvious. We could talk about social media all day. That is, that is my, uh, I love social media, it's so interesting. But I think for those of you uh, <laughs>
1: young or old, first of all, if you're older and you're listening to this, Get over the stigma that you can't do technology. Just My get grandmother Instagram. is get 75. Yeah.
2: Come okay. on. She's, she's doing it. You because
1: do it. <laughs> um, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't do it. And I understand that you don't want to be married to your phone. Just turn off the notifications if that's the case. But it is the easiest way to document yourself because, like, literally, if somebody asks you a question, you just send them a link. You're like, hey, look at myself here. We do this probably six times a day. And we're able to do, like, literally just sending people links. Like, oh, I was like, what? Yeah, no, sending people our Instagram. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, what do you guys? Doing? Um, and then I think my last point. I think this might be my last point. Educate LMC. Well, Educate yourself on different aspects of business. Um,
2: so yes. Oh my God. come
1: on, what we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So eventually, um, uh, eventually someone's gonna piss you off, and if they don't piss you off, that's great. You have just decided that now it's time for you to move on, and you want to be in business for yourself. You realize that uh, maybe giving someone a cut of all your work is actually full and maybe they don't actually do that much for you. So if that's the case, I highly recommend if you're early on in your career or if you're just starting out, uh, to start educating yourself on different aspects of business. You know, um, do you, do you know if you're going to want to be an LLC? Do you even know what LLC stands for? Do you, what do you know about self-employment laws? What do you know about um, taxes? Because taxes is a bitch. Um, what do you know about marketing? Um, who is who would be your demographic? Uh, what do you want know insurance? You know all of these questions seem really scary But I can tell you they're much more terrifying when you have to figure them out in a month Which is what Taylor and I had to do several times several times <laughs> um, So she and I we take on every aspect of our business including the taxes uh, let me talk, Before
2: you go into detail about that um, Millennials a lot of Millennials uh, have the same oh, right, We did in terms of being online, for me, Twitter, I was like 13 I was always making websites for no reason. Because uh, it was like, I'm a part of the anime community, I'm a huge nerd, so just make it, oh, my fan page here, look at it. So, this sounds silly, but using that, and now I'm 27, I'm able to apply well while i learned as a young teen to what I do now. So, Gio and I do all the graphic design, we do taxes, we do social media, we do marketing, we do everything every aspect of our business. The only reason we were able to do that though was because at one point a few years ago we took the leap and made our first Instagram post. Took the leap and started graphic doing graphic designs here and yeah. there. And now three, they're one, so cringy. One, yeah, so and the old stuff, they're so cringy. Graphic design is my passion. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so really educate <laughs> yourself on that. Um,
3: and I think our really
1: our closing note again. Um, I think you know hitting on this oh yeah that's a good one what is the one thing that we wish that we knew um before everything and honestly I wish I knew everything that I just said I wish I knew all of that because I didn't know that I was going to lose weight uh because of this crap I didn't know that literally was going to be endless stress um it is very rewarding though um, I really wish we didn't have to go down the path that we did. I really wish it was we were surrounded by more supportive people. I will say that the people who were directly responsible for us becoming trainers, our actual mentors, the one who did train us to become trainers, were phenomenal people. So uh, you know, shout out to Patty and Lindsay. Um, shout out to our mentor who actually passed away last year, um, uh, Miss Vicky. Um, they they did they did so so good by us. But unfortunately, we're surrounded by so much bad stuff. So I really wish that somebody would have told me about the above. So I hope you guys um, learned something from our experiences. You
2: know, well, for me, honestly, it's one small thing. I wish I was more outspoken about wages. Uh, there's a big movement going on right now for women to be more outspoken about what you're being paid. And if you confront these people, most of the time, they will give. I remember there was a guy, a coworker of ours, who... Um, he they said, Oh, okay, this one. He's like, No, do better. I was like, Wait, whoa, he's really arguing. He's new high. He's like, No, I want to get paid this. And i him like, Wow, you are my hero. Yeah, this is what I should have done. Don't be shy about money. They have it. Pay me this much now. Of course, everything that happened, whatever I am, where I'm in, where I am now, but I could have easily argued for more wages, and I had the right to. She did as well. So don't be shy. You know what? No, pay me, pay me this or lose out on your best employee. Boom. Boom. Bang bing.
1: Best employee. Best. They better know. No, you were. That's a that's a smart bitch. Preach, mic drop. So, I, thank you, Rachel. Uh, Lady,
0: <laughs> this has been extremely illuminating. And and I feel really fortunate for Instagram connecting us. Um, yeah, I'm really, right. so I'm glad you got into the Instagram world, Gio, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it wasn't> <laughs> yeah. but I think that this is a really illuminating conversation that I, my hope is that all of the wonderful white people who listen to this podcast can have some more perspective and really, really come to terms with the fact that we literally have privilege because of the color of our skin. Mm-hmm. It's not right and it is not fucking fair, right? But it is, I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, it's fair for us, right? Not for everyone else, right? But I think that as an industry, right? And as women, as business owners, we need to be more aware of what's happening, amplifying your fucking voices first and foremost. But um, you, y'all are so wise and you've been through some shit. Damn, right? Like, I, I had never heard of the term code switch. I didn't know. Oh, so thank yeah. you for helping me. Right, like I didn't yeah. know that. That's something that, like, I have never had to do or experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm I'm so grateful for you guys sharing this information. But I, my hope is that in the dog training industry, in the dog world, we see not more diversity. We see more ownership. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like more people of color owning and seeing the industry change for the better, where we are supporting each other, we are people paying people what they're worth, and at the end of the day, making it a better world for people and for fucking dogs.
1: Yes, all day, all day. Okay, so
0: ladies, I just want to hear from you one more thing. So, um, what do you what do you want to see in the dog training industry in particular for making it more accessible? to, to
2: everyone, but particularly people of color. Ooh, higher wages. Yeah. Start with the money. Um, at, start with the money. If you, if you own a certain place and I really want you to take a note of how many people you can hire and how much can you pay them? If you, if you think that you need to hire a hundred people to skip, to skim by on, I, yeah, I'm not good at this, but um uh, skim by on paying people. To know i want you to think about how can you safely run your place and pay people good wages good enough wages for the area that they're in a lot of time these facilities are put in places gentrification is rampant everywhere especially new Orleans. and the place where we used to work at was put right into basically a place that used to be considered the hood but there was no other thing in that in that community that was that was helping the community it was just doggy daycare right here and then all the other houses started to become more white centric so i really want to think of where you're at who you're hiring how much you're paying them it better be good (laughs) it better be good and i really want to see more people caring about the employees man like care about your staff the people who are running the show for you if you are owning a business you probably don't want to be there all the time if that's the case that you should be paying people out your ass like oh yeah you know oh you're doing this job for me here take all the money I'll pay you that's how it should be i think a little bit though has to do with it's if it, that goes outside of animal industry i think that it's just like i said i, I keep starting us off with new Orleans being my wages so low there isn't that much money being pumped into lower low wage jobs so i feel like it has to be like a sh- uh, paradigm shift to be honest but uh, pay, pay people more if you can afford it pay people more and I know you can afford it not if pay people yeah. more <laughs> we've been to some of these
1: rich houses you guys don't need more stuff um, I think for me my personal thing is um, if you can if you have the ability to if you like kids or if you want to talk to youth uh, and when I say youth I say anywhere from five years old all the way up to high school when it matters the most, mm-hmm. or even college, right? Because sometimes we don't even want to talk to kids. I, I might be just talking about myself, but I'm talking, myself. talking myself, <laughs> but, <laughs> Maybe, but here's this like, dog training. I think whether, I, just specifically, honestly, for people of color, like, ooh, this is not a relative. This isn't even on the map as employment. Mm-hmm. This isn't something like this is a fucking hobby, all right? Smart bitch is a successful hobby. Actually our families are extremely proud of us for what we've done so far. But but there was a lot of pull, right? Like even, you know, I think a lot of it had to do with what we were going to name our business. But what? (laughs) But I think families, specifically people of color, families in general, they want to see their children succeed. They want to know that they're going to be secure or some semblance of security because you're secure, you know, white people secure and people color secure is totally different. Um They they want to know there was there was actually a lot of conversation before we had officially quit our jobs to do our own thing where there was a lot of pushback and asking is this really the right choice is this really the right choice you guys are getting paid so well and eventually you just we just had to pick ourselves and it was like yeah fuck the money I think we're the first generation that we can not pick ourselves yeah and and so if you have the ability to tell someone who's young and like I said you know five year olds are very impressionistic. Um, or if it's someone who's in college for literally no reason, I was in college for no reason, guys. I have a theater degree and it's great for my Halloween hobby, but I, do, I, I don't use it. I had no plan. Um, I don't regret it. I absolutely love it. I love all my professors. But um, if somebody would have told me that, hey, you could make bank training dogs like people don't know the, the vast majority of the community don't really know this much about animals and you seem to have an affinity for it. Um, you can make a bank doing this. You can own a business. You can be successful. I wish someone would have told me. Um, I had to figure that out when I got my first dog. And then I was like, wow, what the fuck was I waiting for? Yeah. <laughs> so if you can't reach out, tell someone that, uh, that something that you do. And then um, Taylor and I, something that we'll be doing for our community is we have a lot of baby trainers who are interested in smart bitch and, or, or aspiring trainers. And unfortunately we are not in the position to um, to take anyone under our wing, but We are going to try and reach out to them and like, hey, let's just like get coffee. Let's just talk, you know, because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are curious about your road. Maybe it wasn't as bumpy as ours, but they still need to know what was your experience at this organization? Um, Did you like getting your certification through ABC or did you like getting your certification through the CPTK, you know, CCPDT? All of this stuff matters. and, And there really isn't that much marketing that surrounds it. Um, even when you Google it, the first thing that comes up is "well-off each canine," which is exactly the best. Um, so, so if you can <laughs> tell people, <laughs> and don't be scared of the poor neighborhoods or the darker neighborhoods. Come on, guys, stop that. Um, tell someone. Just
2: hey, I'm a dog trainer. Look what I do. Um, real brief. I actually this is interesting. I had a comment. I made a comment this morning. And there was a, a trainer asking why, why do or well, we think that. The R plus community is so white like, dominated, and for me, it was a numbers game. I'm like, well, first of all, R plus training is not that popular, especially here in New Orleans. We we didn't know about any other R plus trainers besides you know, Smart Store trainers, and they didn't always get the best rep. After that, it's like, okay, well, people who had more like, advanced trainers, they were more willing to take on more apprentices, and also R plus training outside of the store, it wasn't accessible. It's online, like you, like you just said. You said, excuse uh, uh, me, ABC, ABC, ABC yeah. or maybe KPA. We didn't know about that for six, seven years ago because it, it just wasn't in our faces. So for R-plus trainers, um, if you have a nice, solid business and you have the time, go ahead and reach out to people. Have some workshops. You have time, maybe do like a little cheap workshop, free workshop, explaining, hey, here's why I love doing R-plus training. Here's why you should love doing it too. And I'm, I'm definitely pushing the R-plus agenda here Unless you guys tell. But uh, <laughs> just this is how you start encouraging more diversity in the field, which will in turn have more people of color in ownership. It really does start from the beginning. If there's no, if there's no opportunity, then are going to think that this is not there, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah, right. Like making it available. So kids understand, like, you literally can be a dog trainer, kill it, make a ton of money, and be really happy. Yes. Yeah, I think too, I think too, like, you know, and I'm sure that you both experienced this too, but like, I truly feel like I'm serving my soul's fucking purpose, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. and, and yes, that so is true. profound. Not only can you have a job, you can make money, but you also can do something that is fulfilling day yes. in, day out. And I think that that's something that's not, not necessarily unique, but you know, Unique ish to our industry is that it's it's not just a, like get a job and make a lot of money. It's like you really get to enjoy what you get yes. and you get to have a hugely positive impact on the people and the dogs that you encounter.
2: Sometimes a little information goes so far. Yep. <laughs> like telling somebody, "Oh, you know what? Instead of feeding a dog with the bowl, get a snuffle mat. Change their whole life." Oh my god, guys! If you don't even know, yeah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh my God. This has been so freaking
0: informative for me. So, you know, thank you so much for spending your evening with me. And I know that this episode is going to be amazing for everyone listening. So thank you for being you. Thank you for being beautiful human beings and fighting for positive reinforcement in the dog world. It's been a total delight. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in You can also find us on Facebook at A feeling Dog Training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.